Hey everybody, this is Nathan with the Birds and the Lees, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Kim. Kim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. We are uh, actually back after probably a pretty long hiatus, but you won't know that because as these are going to be released, we still have two or three in the pipeline. Um, They're going to come pretty soon, so they may actually be a little bit out of order, but to give you an idea of where we are, school has started Summer is officially over, and we're about two weeks in. Kim, how do you feel about the school year so far? I'm ready for summer. I know. I'm already ready. It is not even September yet, and we're ready for summer to come back. In fact, September's in two days. So, um, you know, it's just most of you know what that's like, having the summer come to an end, school starts, all the activities begin again, and so uh, that's kind of where we are. So, um, it's been a very interesting end of the summer for us. We have come to a place where we uh, are in a bit of a transition, not us personally, but we have uh, learned at uh, the church I work at that one of our own staff members is going to be stepping down out of their role, which is something we're quite familiar with, aren't we, Kim? Yes, we've been through many transitions in ministry. I mean, from our own to multiple uh, yeah. employees, co-workers who have stepped Friends. down friends who've moved on. And so what we thought we would do is just, uh, this would be our first series. Is that what we're going to call it? Yeah. Probably what a three-parter. Yeah. Kind of on how to uh, transition out of ministry, maybe even transition into the new one. That might be part four, uh, how to go into the new one. We'll have to see how it works out. But uh, within that three-parter, we'll have some subcategories we're going to talk about. So some particular topics, it's going to be pretty laid back discussion based on our own experience. Like I said before, we don't necessarily consider ourselves to have PhDs in all of this, but this comes from our own experience. So, um, so yeah, how do you uh, decide when it's time to move on? Kim, you got any thoughts on that? I think as a family, that's a really broad, broad question. Yeah, I think uh, when you are in that, well, okay, let's just be full disclosure. One of my transitions was not necessarily the best one. <laughs> Uh, let me just tell you right now, if you're going to go after a new career or a new position at a church, probably the best way to do it is not to announce it to the staff one day and then go home and tell your wife after you've told them you're leaving. Correct. That yeah. is not the best way to do it. How would you know that, Nathan? Because that is exactly what I did one yes. time. And so what I've learned from that is it's first off a decision that has to be approached uh, together. Um, right in prayer, because it, there there are times when we get to a point in our ministry career where we understand that it's time to move on for a variety of reasons, and I think we overthink it sometimes. I yeah. feel like we think it's this giant spiritual lightning bolt that it's time to go. Sometimes it literally is. Uh, I need to move on to the next thing because ultimately uh, it will grow me. It will uh, expand my experience. It will uh, develop me into a much better pastor. This might be something I'm interested in. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I'm going to say this, and some of you may not agree, it could very well be because the paycheck's better. Absolutely. And yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if we are, as our first priority, taking mm-hmm. care of our family. And sometimes that happens. Right. Um, that's a discussion you and I have gone back and forth on. And yeah. even a discussion I've had with my dad before. So um, in general, Kim, when a decision is made with a family, how do you feel is the best way to go about that? Well, certainly it has to be done, I think, between husband and wife first. Yeah. You can't involve kids until it's a proper time. Yeah. For multiple reasons. Um, I mean, I know for us, 
Certainly privacy is something we try to kind of help our kids have, whether it be um, about church or about school. We kind of use a little bit of a hedge of protection around them. Yeah, I would say that's good. good name for it. Yeah, so there's many things they don't know are happening until much later in the process than maybe a typical kid. Um, it can get tricky if they go to church and say, my mom and dad are leaving. Well, that's one thing, because when you do have kids, obviously in any kind of situation like this, you want to be able to talk with each other about it. So you have to find those designated times, like any parent, to have private conversations. I think with these uh, type of conversations, whether you're going to move, you know, being a pastor can be a very transient career uh, in calling where uh, you're going to move several times. Our kids have moved at least four times to different cities or different schools. Uh, One time we moved uh, eight times within the same place just before we landed at our own home uh, that we ended up being in for only three years. And then we were moving again. Um, so I think any time that decision is made, you, you can't just uh, make it as uh, a single person, uh, right. as a single entity. It has to be obviously uh, with everybody involved. Because at the same time, you, you know, there's something unusual or unique about uh, working in a church is it truly becomes your family. Whether that's a dysfunctional yeah. family, whether that's a healthy family, yeah. you're leaving more than a job. Right. And uh, you've experienced that as moving on and losing friend groups or at least those the closest to you by distance or whether it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, easily forgotten, it feels like sometimes. Yeah, I think pastor's wives sometimes become a um, functionality of the role. And so if you don't focus on those relationships and making sure you're feeding into not just, hey, can you pray for me and you know, how how can you serve your husband? But also, um, are you taking those coffee dates with girlfriends who don't necessarily want to talk about the church the whole time um, that also hold you accountable, that also are willing to help mentor you in those areas that you're struggling in a little bit? Um, that also means there has to be an amount of truth and engagement with those people um, which is a whole, I think that's a whole other discussion about friendships with women and being a pastor's wife. And that might be a really good one for later on. Yeah. But talking about who to trust and who not to and how fast to dive into those relationships because it can be real tricky being in that position. So I would say the very first thing um, would be keep the circle small. Yep. Yeah. When you when you've made this decision, you know, obviously you want others uh, giving input. You want others uh, that you want to pick their brain for wisdom. But truthfully, keep the circle small. Um, it's so amazing how quickly things can spiral out of control uh, in an environment when too many people possess information and then that yeah. information becomes uh, incorrect. Right. And especially when you're stepping down at a church, because in the day and age we're at where so many pastors have been disgraced or made announcements that they're walking away from their faith or whatever, any kind of departure from the church needs to be handled clearly, uh, right. directly, and delicately. Because what you don't want is you don't want something that follows your uh, and your reputation going to another place if there is uh, unclear communication. And so my very first suggestion, I think, Kim, uh, we agree on this, is keep the circle small until it's time to say something. And when is it time to say something? When is it yeah. time to, to make that big announcement? Maybe it's uh, the initial one is to someone very close that you're considering 
Um, but I would mm-hmm. say you've got to have a designated uh, communication time, whether that's to a direct report or to the senior pastor. And that, I believe, mm-hmm. definitely has to be when there's actually another uh, position in your lap ready to yeah. go. I think there's one thing to make very clear. We are not talking about situations where there is um, a falling of moral character that you're having to step down because you're being told to. This is truly a situation where you are choosing to move on. You are choosing to, um, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as living by family. Whatever the choice is, you're just moving on and there's no um, frustration. Well, there might always be frustration. There might also, <laughs> yes. But um, but there's nothing truly that you're walking away and having to um, somewhat be humble in, that, in mistakes you've made. Um, we're always trying to better ourselves clearly, but we're just talking about a scenario where it's time to move on. You've made good friends. You're going to miss them. Um, it's It's been good growth for everyone, and you're moving on. Agreed. Um, you want, yeah, these are the positive situations, and you want those to be positive. You want to be able to celebrate the time you had there. Right. You want to be able to exit well. And you know what? We'll get to the point of what happens. We'll, we'll get into a later episode where we'll talk about, okay, what happens when it's not a voluntary departure? Right. You know, and what, what happens when you're told. But that's not necessarily for this one. Right. This is how to do it well when you're moving on to the next thing. So keep your circle small and have a designated time when to communicate. What we Tell me, tell me more about designated time. So... What you want to be careful of is you don't want to walk in and, and announce your departure before you have anything uh, down down the pipeline. Because just like, and to be honest, just like any uh, position, you know, you have people you report to. Um, it's sometimes you don't know the environment you're in. You, you need to protect yourself. You don't know if all of a sudden by saying that, people's emotions come into play. Oh, absolutely. And they could definitely say, okay, well, then you need to leave. Right. Um, if they don't feel you're committed or, you know, an erroneous feeling, that, that doesn't mean that always happens. You could have that one person who feels that way. And I would say that could happen anywhere, but I would think it would be especially a susceptible event if it was a larger church. Yes, and sometimes in larger churches, it seems like they have a revolving door. Well, and and there's not as much. You have so many layers between you and who's actually making those end of business or... uh, Ultimate decisions. Yeah, ultimate decisions. They don't know you, and they might not have compassion for what you're doing and where you're going. Yes, most churches that are of any kind of size have an HR department. And, And, of course, while they are in ministry, they're thinking, you know which they should, the bottom line, the business right. end of it, because let's be honest, there is a business aspect to being in a church or working in a church. You got you got their finances. And so uh, at the same time, uh, once you've announced something, you've got to find the next person. Right. And so that may accelerate uh, what you thought might be plenty of time to find a position. It might accelerate what's going on. Well, and with churches downsizing now, it might accelerate their need to not have to pay that check. Exactly. They might want to go to a uh, high-capacity volunteer or something like yeah. that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are uh, the one that uh, is going to be you know, held on to. Right. They may look for the next person. So um, keep your circle small uh, until the right time. And when you know what that time is, mm-hmm. 
where do you go from there? What's our next uh, point? Um, well, so when is it time to tell? Was when is it time? I would say when you got the job in your hand. Yeah. So holding off until mm-hmm. you know otherwise. Um, who to tell? Who do you tell? Well, obviously, first is your direct report. And I think there's an order you tell people. I think there's a there's a yeah. there's a there's a a list, and you go through it, and you want to go through it. I believe this way because one thing that ends up happening because you have such a close relationship with people, uh, nobody wants to feel left out of the loop. Everybody know everybody wants to know that they had a special relationship with you, um, and that mm-hmm. relationship mattered. And so I think the very first thing is in keeping that circle small. Direct reports. Uh, probably senior pastor. Um, and from there, what you would do is work with those directly, uh, you know, explain it to those who you directly work with. So um, I would say direct report senior pastor at the right time. Uh, they would probably communicate that to the elder board if you're an elder-led church. Following that would probably be a communication to the staff because they're going to need to know mm-hmm. this is happening. And they are the ones who are most directly involved with you on a day-to-day basis. One thing I do recommend highly is never, if you work on a team with volunteers or interns or whatever, never, ever, ever let them be the ones who find out when everybody else does. Especially if you work closely with them, if you work at developing them, uh, they can never be um, the ones who find out last. And I think in all of these communications, the individual uh, who is the one stepping out needs to be the one who communicates that and needs to be able, I believe, to control the narrative and speak clearly Absolutely. because ultimately it's their decision. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't I think it needs to be a face to face conversation. I think that always works the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, occasionally you have to fall back on a letter or email, but face to face is always the best. And from there, you know, obviously wives want to be able to talk. Right. Well, yeah, but I think there's one step to be very intentional about. And I, I mean, it, lessons learned for us along the way mm-hmm. is that we as a family don't, I mean, as a couple, I'm going to say, we don't tell anyone outside of the two of us if we're making that choice. We first tell supervisors. Yeah. And then depending on where we have been at, we choose a a an order that makes sense to the people you work with so sometimes it's been volunteers sometimes it's been staff it depends how close you are to whom well it depends on the size of the church right right so i i just think really making an effort if you're married to come up with the plan of who knows what what when is highly important yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, we came from student ministry. So a lot of times when we had to make announcements, you know, obviously you're not just working with, with adults, you're working with students and who really develop a close relationship with you. And so if you're doing that, what you have to take into account is uh, that needs to be handled well. It needs to be handled uh, gently. Um, and they need to understand. They need to have those things as clear as they possibly can because ultimately they've staked their time on you yeah. being there. Yeah. They've got a limited amount of time. Then they're heading off to college. They know that they're going to be with you for that. And that was always the hardest part was making that call to sit down with them and yeah. look them in the eye and tell them. And they cannot hear secondhand. Yeah. I mean, I, I some of my best memories, though, are those moments because you truly you see what you've built 
Yeah. And even in short times, you know, when we've been at places for very short periods of time, we've seen real connections come out. Kids are so funny. They don't like to show their emotion. But to see, you know, kids in my living room in tears because they're finding out for the first time that our time is done and it takes them an hour to compose themselves. That's a very sweet memory. It's bittersweet, but it's something I'm not sure they'll ever understand how important that moment was. Yeah. And and it is very, very important to see that. Um, And again, like you said, it's a memory that sticks with us. Um, You know, I was looking at your uh, sheet there and how to tell was the next one. And I think we've kind of touched on that, that it has to be a face to face, whether that's a meeting, whether that's a a conversation. I think with the individuals you work with, that's a one on one. Normally, those you were closest to, that has to be a one on one with the students. If you're in student ministry, uh, a night to be able to share with them. Um, You know, what do you tell them? What do you tell them? And uh, I think what you give for them is an honest reason. Um, And and I think if if there's a one. okay, so this leads into how you leave. Yeah. Which we will get into a little bit more about that. But I think regardless of the situation, regardless whether it's voluntary or involuntary, you only have one choice in that moment is to leave as if it's the best you've ever. Well, it is. Do the very best you've ever done at your job with yeah. to make the church and I and even in a really difficult situation for us mm-hmm. we made the decision to make the church look as best as we possibly could mm-hmm. um and because what you don't want is you, you don't want to backfire on that you do, you know you may have all these feelings of hurt if it's a situation mm-hmm. like that you may have hurt because you are uh making a decision because uh, it's time and you don't want to leave but you feel that pull you never want to leave the church in a position where uh, it's detrimental to them. Right. Um, because the next guy who comes in, uh, the next person who comes in, they're going to have to fight against that. Right. Yes. It's, um, and it's, I mean, as, as the wife of someone who is leaving, that can be a hard place to be in when you feel you don't have a voice sometimes. So, you know, being in a, be having to sit back and know that both of our roles is to leave well and lead well. Yes. Even on our way out. Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's what should be done and needs to be done. The end. Yeah. I mean, you don't really have any, you don't have any choice and I've seen both sides of it. I've seen where you've done, people have done well and I've seen people where Mm -hmm. they flamed on their way out. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest with you, those who burned on their way out, uh, that was detrimental, more detrimental to them than it was to the actual church because the church went on. Right. Um, What happened to them is they developed a reputation and you don't want that. And and the memory, no matter whether you left on good or bad terms, Mm -hmm. the good memories are suddenly overshadowed by the bitter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this will be interesting. You know, the why or the when, I think for each of us it's different. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's a prescriptive formula for that. I think the how, yeah. yes, you can come up with a system. Ultimately, in telling people, you do need to follow the guidance and the lead of your church leadership because they're going to have a way to do that. They're going to have a way that they want to communicate that lean on the elders, lean on the senior pastor for that wisdom and how to do it. They know the congregation as well as you do, at least they should. Mm -hmm. Um, And remember the elders generally 
um, are lay attendees in the church. They are the people sitting in the seats. They're not right. paid staff. Right. And so they're the people you would be talking to. They represent the people you would be talking to as a whole. Right. And so their feelings are not filtered through being a staff member or being mm-hmm. a pastor's wife. They are, this is what they do. And so right. I think their input is incredibly vital in how to do that well. Yeah, I also think this leads into um, if you have to s- tell someone before you even think about it outside of you know, of your husband-wife dynamic, if that's what you have, um, having a mentor that doesn't go to your church or is engaged in any way in your church is a wonderful thing to have. Yeah, that's nice to have. You may not. Yeah. Um, I think often, pastors, we don't have that person, that close relationship outside. Should. I think, well, yeah. obviously you should, and I think yeah. we have those in passing right. as more of an evangelistic kind of thing or you know, uh, a discipleship of your neighbors or whatever. Uh, we want to have those relationships with them, I should say, not maybe not discipleship, but a, a close relationship. Right. Um, but we don't often think of those people as being mentors to us, even though they can. Just because yeah. they may not go to church, maybe they're not a believer, doesn't mean they can't in some way mentor us in just day-to-day life stuff. And how to handle yeah. these kind of, you know, is it time? They may have gone through something similar in a much worse fashion mm-hmm. in this corporate world. It can be incredibly awful. Right. Um, and you come home, or you go to work one day and find out all your stuff's packed up and it's time to leave. You right. never know. And so they may be able to help you navigate that. So I agree. Finding someone who's removed from the situation, who can yeah. see it objectively, yeah. is good to have. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I am, I think this is going to be good. You know, I think as we get further into these topics, it's going to be a little bit more in depth. Um, I think at some point we'll share some personal stuff with this and and how we did it. Maybe make a series out of really big mistakes we've made. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) All of our mistakes. But, uh, I think this is good for us to get back into this and kind of roll with a new episode and hopefully, uh, we'll get all the rest of those out, yeah. and uh, you guys will have plenty of listening. But I appreciate everybody who has been. We've been tracking the analytics, so we know that somebody's out there listening to yeah, us. We really appreciate that. There's a couple of that. people that are. Tracking us, kind of tracking us. So, if you have anything you want to uh, give us uh, input on, it's the podcastinglees at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, contact us there, and uh, or you can uh, leave a comment uh, on iTunes or on the webpage where we post this. Um, which will be in um, the uh, profile for this podcast. So uh, once again, thank you guys for listening, and we look forward to more conversation on this. And if you are a pastor um, or a ministry worker who's considering moving on, we wish you the best. Absolutely. Uh, We hope it's a good move for you. We hope it's a good move for you. We pray that it would uh, just bless your family and bless the kingdom and bless your ministry. Mm -hmm. And so until next time, this is Nathan. This is Kim Lee. And we will see you later.